Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. If you want to become financially independent, come to my seminar. Let me show you how to make the fortune you have always dreamed about. Ready? Go! What happens if you are named in Nelson Rockefeller's will? You get rich quick. Stand on the line, play the game again. Everybody's gonna lose and I'm gonna win. Gonna get rich quick. This is my lucky day. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Get Sick Quick with Josh. And Noel. Right here on Radio Free Brooklyn, your home for all things flu-related. <laughs> <laughs> this is the show where I, Josh Rubin, and I, Noel Deneen, uh get really, really sick <laughs> and cough all over each other and snort disgustingly into microphones because we don't have kill buttons on our mics. Speak for yourself. <coughs> I have been sick for so long. Um, and uh, we come up, despite the illness, despite the death that is ravaging my body right now this is the flu that has killed children yeah in the tri-state area it has and i am suffering through it i'm suffering through death yeah Noel. that's because your inner child died long ago <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's finally killing it i think is what's happening yeah. my inner child is fighting back but i don't think it may not be a bad thing if my inner child dies okay um but anyway yeah even with this horrible disease that I have, this crippling disease that I have, this mutilating disease that I have, uh-huh. I still do the work to get this show out to the masses. That's right. I feel fine, by the way. <laughs> You're an awful human being. <laughs> um, we get together once a week. We pick a topic. We then figure out ways to get unbelievably rich you will be richer the josh is sick that's gonna be pretty rich yeah is what i'm saying yeah you make a good point because that's how rich you'll be yeah um <coughs> you will uh uh we come up with these uh, where was i right and we get you give you these ideas to get you rich we do not ask for anything up front uh-huh these are not one size fits all ideas these are one size fit to you ideas uh if you don't vibe with the idea then you'd wait for another show yeah another topic a topic that you do vibe with yeah you just wait it out man you're like a predator you're like a money predator you're or, ready to pound or or or, you or go back and listen to the archives yeah whatever man you're just waiting to pounce on that one idea yeah. that is going to feed you and your family yeah for a thousand lifetimes yeah make you a dynasty that's right. Oh, God. Yes. Like the Carringtons. Yeah. And you then, when you're kicking back oh. in your chaise lounge yeah. by your above-ground pool outside of your giant triple-wide trailer, yeah, you go, man, I got it so good. How did I get here? Oh, yeah. What did I do to deserve all this? Oh, yeah. You didn't do anything to deserve it. No. No. World's not fair. You got us. Yeah. Yeah, we tipped the scales. We put the thumb on the scales for you That's and made right. you rich. That's right. And then you see, realize how much you owe to us. Mm-hmm. And we'll tell you exactly how much you owe to us, Noel. Yeah. How much do they owe to us? After you get rich, you go out there 
and you give us 10% of everything you earn. 10% of your riches, that's all. But it's after you get rich. That's right. We don't want the money now. We're not selling this shit for 60 bucks. No. And then trying to throw you into some kind of multi-level marketing scam. No, although Josh could use some money now because this kid needs meds. I do, man. <laughs> I need to go see a doctor, and my insurance is right on the borderline of not so great. Uh-huh. So, you know, I got to meet that deductible, folks, before they can go in and actually replace my lungs. Yeah. So, you know, for those of you that have gotten rich out there, and at this point, uh, what are we, going on three years now almost? Well, two and a half. We're going on three years. Okay. We are we are past the halfway point. Okay. Words have no meaning, I guess. <laughs> you are so unbearable sometimes. <laughs> I am not well, and you're going to nitpick. Okay. All right. That's fine. I see where the show's going. Uh-huh. This is Noel Gets Back at Josh, episode <laughs> 1,653. Um, so... I don't even know what I was saying, but God damn it, pay us the money who yeah, owe us is yeah. what I'm saying. Anyway, yeah. so that's our show. That's well, what we do here. That's, that's the way it rolls. Um, and we do it on several platforms, the most important of which is Radio Free Brooklyn. That's right. Um, where our show is played twice a week. Yeah. On Saturday nights. 8 o'clock. And uh, Tuesdays. At 2 p.m.? Yeah, it's 2 p.m. I just can't remember if it's Tuesday or Wednesday. That's a day. Anyway, and then it's on a uh, podcast form. Yeah. But so there's, you could just, if, ah, if you have access to the internet, you can hear us around the world. Yeah. And people around the world do listen to us in Saudi Arabia, Multimedia. in Nigeria, yeah. in Russia. Russia. And we have nothing to do with that collusion. I'm just saying. No. Not us. No. Nope. We don't deal with that. All over the United States of America, Brazil, yeah. Germany, Portugal. Yeah. It's all, everyone loves us around the world. Yeah. Now you got to start paying us. <laughs> anyway, so this is the point in the show where I look across this massage table that we work off of. Yes. And I say, huh? Noel. Yeah. I know how I've been all week. Yeah. Which is sick. Yeah. Snotty, filled with mucus, dying. And I look at you, uh-huh. I don't know how you've been all week. I've been pretty good. Yeah? Uh, you know, uh, I'm, we're just going to state up front <laughs> that this story has absolutely nothing to do with our topic. What, what are you doing here? I thought the challenge was okay. for me to figure out how to it link it be, to the topic. But I am going to say up front, it doesn't. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, they, my, the building I work in uh-huh. has started uh, redoing the lobby. Uh-huh. Uh and they have we now have to go as of like about a week ago. We have to come in and out through uh the side entrance, which is like the freight entrance. Yeah. So doorman. <laughs> exactly. Uh and uh and they've boarded up the front entrance and they've gutted part of the lobby and so you come in this back entrance to the elevators. And uh the the side street that we're on is uh it's kind of skeevy, right? Because it's got the what do you call them, the scaffolds and it's got all these dumpsters next to the scaffold, uh-huh. so it's kind of a secluded spot in Midtown, which means homeless refuge. 
basically, right? Uh-huh. So we're kind of suddenly in a very uh, a homeless rich corridor we have to come uh-huh. through back and forth to get into the office. Uh-huh. Which, you know, I people have always been around, but now we're like, we're on their turf. Right. Just by the moving of that door 200 feet, you know? Yeah, it's that's their home. Yeah. And uh, right about 20 feet outside the door, next to a pole for the scaffolding, uh-huh. next to a dumpster, kind of a little out of the way on a grate, uh-huh. there was... Uh, it must have been homeless person Thanksgiving the other day, uh-huh. because there was a homeless person turd the size that you would take after Thanksgiving uh-huh. uh, laid there. A massive, uh-huh. massive. Like if you took this, you'd be like, "Holy moly!" Uh-huh. Uh huh. And uh, and I just kept seeing it every time I'd walk in and out of the office. Every time. Once I see those things, I can't not see it right, when I walk past. Right. And it just got... It was for days sitting uh-huh. there. <laughs> did it get bigger in your mind? Like every time you passed it, did it no, feel like... You know what I mean? opposite. Every time I saw it, it was like, oh my God, it is that big. Like, like it, it, In uh-huh. my mind, between times seeing it, my mind would shrink it down to... Because uh-huh. you couldn't handle it any other way. To mortal levels. Yeah. And then I'd see it again and be like, what? Uh-huh. Uh yesterday I was leaving the office. Uh-oh. And there were some delivery guys who were wheeling up a <coughs> cart full of some stuff. Oh no. And they're like trying to figure out where they're going and they're just like we're going to push the cart over for a minute and figure things out. Oh god. And I see it. And they push the cart, wheels right into this turn. And they don't notice. And I'm walking by, and I'm like, I got to tell these guys what they just did. And then I realize, no, no, I don't. There's no one doing this. It's in there. Just hope it's not a cart going into my office. Uh You know what I mean? Uh, But there was nothing to do at that point. They were already fully... Wheel resting right in the middle of this Mount Rushmore <laughs> of fecal matter. The Himalaya of turds. The Himalaya that's of Midtown great. turds. That's great. You yeah. know, and how many days was it there for? Oh, for uh, I probably noticed it on the end of last week. Mm-hmm. And it was yesterday that's where someone... I saw the, the cart in it. So we're talking like almost a full week. Almost a full week. Yeah. Had it made it like another half a week, yeah. that turd probably would have mummified. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Because it's amazing that you bring up that turd, Noel. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that it didn't quite make it yeah. to the mummified portion yeah. of its life or death because today's topic is... Today's topic is... Egyptology, how to become nouveau riche off of 
Oldo Egypt show. Wow. Yeah. You really worked that one up beforehand, huh? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I got things to do. You, you force me to make up stories every time. I can't come up with stories and good things to say I right don't force after. you to make up stories. Well, come up with stories. Yeah. Well, you've led a life. No, you have too. I haven't. You just do not remember it. Uh, that's part of the problem. <laughs> That is a big part we of the problem. both live the same amount of hours every day. Although I have a great turd story. Oh, yeah? Which I don't know if I ever told you. So I worked in a restaurant for a while uh, uh, that was in a basement. Okay. And we would leave out of the service entrance, which was basically the small door that you actually had to duck to get out of. Yeah. And it just led to stairs that went right up to the sidewalk. <sighs> but it was not a big, wide door. Yeah, yeah. And uh, one day... We'd had a terrible night. It was really awful. I'm trying to remember what it was. I think they had, it was, the restaurant was failing okay. desperately. And a friend of mine was the chef, and she was like, I just need you to come in and help me for a few days out of the week because it's just, can't afford to pay much. I was like, sure, why not? Um, the owners were like the height of, of uh, uh, they used to try to sleep with the manager all the time, mm -hmm. and she would say no. And then they would all get drunk together, and then they would like wake up with the owners trying to have sex with her. Ooh. Yeah, just crazy shit like that. <coughs> and the owners had no history in, in restaurant business. They just wanted a place for they and their friends to party. So they would do things like rent the uh, whole restaurant out to, <laughs> to, and in this particular case, it was like a graduation party from a high school in Staten Island. Mm -hmm. And they didn't have the staff for it. So we all ended up sticking around trying to help out till like four o'clock in the morning with all these 18 year olds tweaking on Molly. Uh -huh. And uh, at one point, the stereo was starting to overheat. And the stereo was in this sort of foyer in the middle of the space. It was like multiple rooms with sort of a middle space that was where everything connected. And I had to stand there with a fan and hold it on the stereo while people were walking back and forth. And I had just worked an entire shift. I was sweaty. I was disgusting. And these kids all tweaking on Molly are coming up to me going, what are you doing, man? And I'm like, I'm holding this fan so the stereo doesn't burn out so you guys can have music. And they were like, oh, my God, that's so nice. <laughs> And then they'd stand there and they'd start touching me uh -huh. and rubbing me. And at one point, and then they'd go, this guy is just standing here holding a fan so we can have music all night so it doesn't burn out and be like, oh my God, that's so nice. <laughs> and at one point I literally had, without uh, exaggeration, uh -huh. 12 people standing there telling me how great I am and stroking my body. Uh. It was awful. It was like the one of the worst things. But anyway, so it finished. It was like 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning. I had to be back there at like 1 o'clock in the afternoon. I was shot. I go to the, the exit. I open the door. I step out on the first step. I step down, and I just feel... Uh, and I look uh, down, and someone had gone down in there and just taken a huge, yep. wet shit. Yep, yep. And I was just, and it was like all over. It had gone over onto the top of my shoe. Oh. You know what I mean? It was that kind of thing where it just sort of engulfed it like a wave. Ugh, it was awful. There was no getting it off my foot. Ugh, yeah, it was terrible. You know what? Next time when we talk about stories <laughs> and you're like, I don't have one, 
<laughs> and I have to come up with one. Uh huh. Before we come down here, I should just tell you my story, <laughs> and then you can come down here and tell you the thing that now you remember because my story reminded you of. <laughs> well, I would have never done a shit story uh-huh. for uh, for Egyptology. Well, that's all I had of note this that's week. That's fine. I made it work because I'm a genius. Yeah, that's true. You know, but I would have never been like, oh yeah, a shit story. I mean, I think I thought it was interesting that, you know, you thought I was going to go somewhere with it that would have been horrible with your story. I couldn't even think. I guess maybe like a shithole country reference yeah, or something like that. I don't know. Like I was that. just afraid. <sighs> I was afraid of it being offensive. Poop. We talk about poop on Everybody the show poops. all the time. Everybody poops. Anyway, Noel, yeah. Egyptology, yeah. the study of ancient Egypt. Yes. There's a lot of money. There always has oh, been a lot oh, of money. Oh. But how do you come up with new ways or maybe old ways uh-huh. that you make new again? Yep. So why don't you start us off? You ding straight. You ding straight. So, you guys, as a kid... <laughs> I'm sure like many, many kids. I was crazy about King Tut. Yeah. Thought he was cool, had a book about him. Did you love the Steve Martin song? Oh, yeah. I love Steve Martin, too. Yeah, of course you did. Uh, The objects and the sarcophagus was really cool. Uh, And then I started to learn more about it and heard about the finding of the tomb, which was cool, and the state of the tomb. Uh, Then finding out about King Tut's curse was awesome. Uh, and, and, and actually in one of our early shows, you and I debated the difference between ghosts and mummies. Did we debate it? We debated it. I said that they were both unsettled spirits trapped on earth. And you said, no, mummies were actually enacting a curse. I looked into it. You were right. I know I'm right. Uh, mummies as as in the monster sense, not in Uh just the physical sense. Uh, are enacting a curse or fulfilling an e- eternal mission. You know, like, I'm always going to protect this thing mm-hmm. or I will kill anyone who enters here. I'm a little upset that it took you this long to uh, admit that I'm right. I take it back. You're wrong. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, yeah, uh, you were right. Um, and I asked other people, too, and they said almost the exact words you had said, and I was like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, do you know a guy named George Edward Stanhope Molnew Herbert the Fifth Earl of Carnavon? Carnavon. Do I know him yeah. personally, yeah. or do? Uh, actually, it's funny you you mention that. Yeah, I do. Okay, so he was I had dinner with him just last week. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, what do you know? Yeah. Uh, he was a super. We were in Midtown. Okay, and we finished dinner. <laughs> yeah, and. We left the restaurant and he was like, oh my God. I got to go. I got to take a shit. (laughs) (laughs) And we were nowhere near the restaurant anymore. Uh And I said, there's an alleyway right there. Okay. With all this scaffolding, no one will see you. Just go behind the dumpster. Okay. And he took a shit and he came out like, wow. I don't know what you call it uh, in America, but where I'm from, we call it like Le Grand Thanksgiving poop. Okay. Yeah. You, uh, I I, I think you got taken by someone. Because uh, this dude's long dead. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you just got played by another homeless guy. Shit. Like, I am Lord. <laughs> Can't even say Carnivon. his whole name, right? Uh, so <coughs> this guy was a super rich, rich British elite. Uh-huh. Uh, his first wife, one of our favorite topics to hit on every once in a while, his first wife was a Rothschild. Oh, boy. Yep. 
Uh, and the divorce settlement between he and her changed him from wealthy to rich. Oh, so she, he got the Rothschild money. He got some Rothschild oh, money, which we are always pumping. Yeah. If you get a chance, <clears throat> dear listeners, get some of that Rothschild money. I want some of that Rothschild money. I want to marry uh, Suzanne Illuminati yep. and get some of that Illuminati get money. Get some Medici money. Yeah. Where's all that Medici money? Get some money? Rockefeller money. Are there still Medicis around? Yeah, there's Medicis. <laughs> 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 so uh, he got some of that Rothschild money, and th- this is—if you don't believe me of what you can do with this money, just take this story as as a, a word to the wise, right? So, uh, changed him from wealthy to rich. Uh, he was also an enthusiastic amateur Egyptologist. Or oh, weren't they all back then? Yep. He sponsored ex- excavations <clears throat> starting in 1907. I mean, I'll tell you, he excavated his bowels in that alley. <laughs> that wasn't him, dude. Oh, shit. That wasn't him. He Did he smell like him. old wine? No. Okay. Like old, old expensive wine. <laughs> old expensive like that Rothschild wine. wine. Yeah, you need some better taste. <laughs> um, so he started uh, sponsoring excavations starting in 1907. In 1914, he received concessions to dig in the Valley of the Kings. Yeah. Yeah. Which is basically, you know, rock star way when it comes to Egyptologists. He had an interruption due to World War One, but basically went on until 1922. And he had decided that <coughs> this wasn't paying off. 1922 would be the last year he would fund this because he hadn't found too much stuff, in his opinion. Oh, boy. So, New Year's was going to be the last day. Uh-huh. November 4th of 1922. This sounds like an important date. Less than two months before this years-long excavation uh-huh. is called off. What did he find? He was sent a telegram from Howard Carter saying, no, he just bankrolled the whole thing. Right. He had nothing. To, he didn't go out there and actually. He would go out there in the winters, apparently. Oh, to summer, to winter in Egypt? Yeah. But he didn't do it any actual work, I would imagine. No. He got that Rothschild money. Yeah, exactly. He'd sit there with a gin and like, you work faster, you know? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, that was quite an accent you used for him. Pretty good, right? I pulled that one out from the, from the deep, deep uh, storage. So uh, November 4th, he was sent a telegram from Howard Carter saying... At last, we have made wonderful discovery in Valley. A magnificent tomb with seals intact. Recovered same for your arrival. Congratulations. Oh, my gosh. This is so yeah. mysterious. Uh, they had found King Tut's tomb. O-M-G. That's straight. Uh, so <clears throat> they got the site ready, and they were supposed to wait until November 29th to unseal and enter along with the supervision of the Egyptian Department of Antiquities. Uh, But the more they realized how untouched it was, though, the less patient they got. I totally get that. On uh, November 26th, they officially failed the marshmallow test uh, and entered. What is the marshmallow test? The marshmallow test test is when you go a little kid 
It's a psycho- psychological test, <coughs> and they tell a little kid, like a little like five year old kid or something, uh, "Hey, I'm gonna leave this marshmallow right here with you, and I'm gonna leave the room for something. Uh, if you want, you can eat that marshmallow, or if you don't." If you save it, when I come back, you can have two marshmallows. And it's uh, it's supposedly a, a test of impulse control. And the ones with better in- impulse control wait and get two marshmallows. And the ones with no impulse control just eat the marshmallows. Like Lord Caravan, who ate that marshmallow and entered the tomb of King Tut three days before the uh, Egypt dudes got there. The Department of Antiquities. Uh-huh. Uh, so they entered the tomb. The King Tut's curse was unleashed. Lord Carnivon died shortly after <coughs> of an infected mosquito bite. Whoa. Yeah, like very soon after he entered there. Uh, Hours? Days? Uh, it, it was Months? not after he first went into this first area. But it was, I want to say, less than a month after he went into the final inner tomb. Gotcha. I wonder if he got bit by a mosquito that had been in the tomb for eternity. Maybe. Mm. Uh, and so uh, lots of others died, too. Wikipedia lists 11 people who died within yep. 10 years of opening the tube. Yep. Uh, and apparently, <coughs> Lord Caravan played a little fast and loose with the rules of the Egyptian Department of Antiquities. Because he had a basement full of Egyptian artifacts that he had smuggled out of the country. I mean, he deserved it. Uh, Another fun fact about this guy, this is not the only thing he's famous for. Really? Yep. Uh, He's also famous for his house, which is called High Clear Castle, a.k.a. the location for Downton Abbey. Really? Yep. Uh, and that house. So he was a Brit. The name may would have made me totally think that he was. Uh, oh no, he was British royal. Well, not royalty, nobility. Yeah, the name would have made me thought that he was French. No, he was British. I mean, although you know the yeah. the, the the French and the Brits, it yeah. was like you know, oh, back and forth. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, uh, so that the house that they filmed Downton Abbey in, as a matter <laughs> of fact, still has these artifacts. Whoa. Many of them possibly cursed in the basement. Did people in Downton from the show get died? I haven't heard of any yet, but here's what you're going to do, dear listener, to come rich, 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 uh-huh, rich, rich, uh-huh, rich, rich. Uh-huh. You're going to do for Downton Abbey what zombies did for Pride and Prejudice. So you know how they made that book, right. Pride yeah. and Prejudice of Zombies, yeah. which went crazy and then became a movie. Yep. And so whoever made that made a lot of money. So you're going to do this. the same people who did uh, 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 Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. This one was first. Pride and well, Prejudice book, Zombies the book I got was, a long the time movie, ago. The movie was after. Yeah. I'm just yeah, saying yeah, it was the yeah. same people who made that movie made the okay. Pride and Prejudice movie. So uh, you're going to make uh, some fan fiction, which you can then turn into a book, which you can then turn into a movie. Uh, if, worst case scenario, if this stuff doesn't pay off, you can make it a series on, like, some sci-fi channel or something, uh, and it's going to be Downton Abbey meets King Tut's Curse. Yeah, no, I like it. Uh, and if you want some bonus money, I got it right here. Okay. Okay, you guys. Lord Caravan's grandfather was 
named George Stanhope VI, Earl of Chesterfield. And I thought to myself, I read that name, and I'm like, huh, is this a relative of Doug Stanhope, the comedian? Stop. I sent him a tweet asking, and guess what? He didn't answer, <laughs> right? A little suspicious <laughs> if you ask me. So uh, you can get him to play Lord Caravan for star power and better backing and more assured uh, big studio pickup of this media empire you're about to build. Yeah, and how exactly are you going to get him? By tweeting at him, asking him if he's related to this person? Once you get the script, he'll be like, oh, I get it. Oh, I see. Yeah, I could totally see Doug Stanhope playing uh, British royalty. Yep. Yeah. I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to get him to leave his, uh, you know, uh, uh, off-the-grid existence in Arizona at this point. Nah. But, you know. No, well, he, that could be where you film the uh, Egyptian scenes. In in his adobe house. in uh, Outside, just go in the sand and dig a uh, hole and be like, we're excavating here. You're now doing, you're bringing it down to YouTube level. You're no. For like your YouTube channel. No, no, high tech. No, no. Um, look, I think it's a great idea. Really, more importantly, it was great information. Ah. And thank you for that. It's a pretty good idea, too. Rothschild money. What I really get from that uh-huh. is marry a fucking Rothschild. <laughs> yeah. That's what I get from that. Yeah. Are there, there's still Rothschilds. There's still Baron von Rothschild. Yeah. There's, there, there's family there that are still stinking, smelly, ugly rich. So ugly rich. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, that's a solid one, bro. Fist bump. Boom. You just got me sick. Yeah, that's what I'm going for. <laughs> My entire aim for this show is to get a call from you next week uh-huh. saying, I can't do this show. I'm sick. Uh. Um, that's great, man. Good for you. I'm going to tell you a little story, Noel. Mm-hmm. A little story that starts in Germany. Oh. So, uh, in 1999, Sabine Bernschneider Reif, mm-hmm. head of corporate history at Merck Pharmaceutical in Darmstadt, Germany. <laughs> I'm just imagining if I were doing this scheme right here. Just that first sentence uh-huh. would have destroyed me. Why would it <laughs> you have been making you? fun of me for a month? It's just those pronunciations. I'm pronouncing it correctly. I know, but it would have destroyed me. Oh, right. You would have been unable to uh, yeah. to pronounce it. I gotcha. Um, it was her first couple of days on the job, and she's going through the archives. Mm-hmm. She comes across a glass box encased in wood, and crammed into the box were two heads, bandaged foot, and a single uncovered foot. Okay. She was shocked by this discovery Mm -hmm. and ran to the archive records to look up what this box was. And in the box, in the records, dating back to the beginning of Merck Pharmaceutical Mm -hmm. in the 16th century, Mm -hmm. it stated that they were mummies. Yep. Used for mummy powder, uh-huh. which began Merck Pharmaceuticals' rise to one of the biggest pharmaceutical companies in the world. It, that's what made them made the rise. That I, I would, knew about the medication. That was that was for Merck. Uh-huh. That was what set them above. Uh-huh. He was a the the guy was uh, whatever his name, the apothecary Merck. Mm-hmm. He was a small apothecary, but he 
this is what got him like cranking stuff out for the people. Okay. And and started his the rise of Merck Pharmaceuticals to what it has become. Okay. Um and I was like, "What the fuck? Mummy powder? What's that?" So I went and looked up mummy powder, and apparently from the 12th through the 17th century, yeah. Every apothecary kept mummy powder on hand. Mummy powder was the health food of the Middle Ages. It was guaranteed to cure everything from headaches to stomach ulcers, and plasters made from mummy powder were often slathered over tumors. Oh, I didn't know that. But what it was most effective for was the treatment of bruises, Mm -hmm. for wound healing, and for scars. Okay. Topical application of mummy powder uh, uh, was believed by King Charles II would allow the greatness of the kings to rub off on him. Okay. And would make him a great leader as well. Yeah. Uh, But everyone swore about this stuff up and down, particularly for its effect on skin. Yeah. Um, What ended up happening was, is it became such a popular uh, medication that it stopped being mummies and they started just digging up bodies from anywhere oh. and grinding them up into powder. Okay. So there suddenly wasn't like mummy became a very broad term for dead person. Mm-hmm. Right? And there was no guarantee what you were getting was actual Egyptian mummy. Particularly obviously what you would really want is mummies of kings, mm-hmm. right? Because, I mean, a lot of people were getting mummified sure. back in the day. That was just the way they did it. If you had the money to afford it, if you were a merchant, if you were a person of some means, or even poor people who would save up everything just to get mummified. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and uh, uh, they were running out of mummies, so they were just, and it was getting expensive. Merck was getting... 12 gold marks for one small vial of mummy powder. Mm-hmm. Like, think about that. Solid gold coins. That's expensive shit, man. Yeah. And then I was looking, I was like, mummy powder. Mm-hmm. I think that needs to make a comeback. Yeah. But how do you get the mummies? Okay. And how do you get the mummies that are the right mummies? Yeah. And so I started looking like, you know, what's going on? Are there still mummies that can be found? There's a lot of mummies that can be found. Oh, really? There is a... So, as of now, based on historical record that they have read, uh, the tomb of King Thutmose II, Pharaoh Thutmose II, the tomb of Ramses VII or VIII uh, have not been found yet. Uh, all the queens of Dynasty 18, which is from 1550 to 1292 B.C. Wow. Right? That's got to be at least 10 mm-hmm. queens. Uh, we're all buried in the Valley of the Kings, and none of these tombs have been found yet. But uh-huh. using radar imaging, they have found a whole network of underground tunnels and what they believe to be tombs that have yet to be opened. Uh, and there is a belief amongst archaeologists, amongst Egyptologists, that this is going to be coming up the new renaissance of uh, 
Egyptology that really? they are going cool. to find a buttload of treasures, mm-hmm. mummies, yeah. everything that you would expect to find for all these rich people. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. But how do you get a piece of that? How do you get the mummy? Mm-hmm. How do you get it? Well, there's a lot of upheaval in, in uh, Egypt right now, in modern Egypt. Mm-hmm. I think we all know that. There's uh, uh, It's still under martial law. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a little madness in the streets. And just this past summer, uh, federal prosecutors in New York uh, had busted an international antiquity smuggling ring charging antiquity dealers in New York, Michigan, and Dubai with conspiring with a collector in Virginia to smuggle Egyptian artifacts into the United States. Uh, the prizes in question included a Greco-Roman-style Egyptian sarcophagus, a nesting set of three Egyptian sarcophagi, a set of Egyptian funerary boats and Egyptian limestone figures, and a mummified child. Okay. So what this means is there's people that can get paid. There's people out there willing to just go in and grab and go. Mm -hmm. And you need to take advantage of the chaos while you can. So this is what I'm saying now. You're going to get a mummy. You're going to get a few mummies. You're going to keep them nice and safe. And you are going to start a skincare line. Mm -hmm. Uh with mummy powder and all of the skincare, it is going to become the hottest thing on the planet. You're going to blow all the competition away. Lalique, forget about it. Uh, Boots 7, down the tubes. Yeah. You're going to have people lining up to spread mummy all over themselves, uh-huh. and you are going to become an insanely rich person. Mm-hmm. So there you go. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, yeah, fantastic. Uh Hey, you guys, we just gave you two golden nuggets from the past. I just want to say, I feel like I am coughing and blowing my nose so much that uh-huh. people listening to the show are afraid they're going to get sick from me. <laughs> they might be. They might be. Uh, so, uh, you guys, Josh may be on the way out here. Let's let us let him a couple minutes of living out his fantasy of uh, selling his soul to corporate America. Uh, in what we like to call Josh's newest segment, Josh sells out. Uh, where every week we explore ways where Josh is actively pursuing his lifelong goal of selling out to corporate America. You know, you know the typical tried and true ways he can do help him do this. How, what are those, Noel? Well, you can go to uh, radiofreebrooklyn.org. Oh, go of to course. The Get rich quick with Josh Noel's show page. Hit the sponsor button. Yep. Pledge an amount, half that money go to Josh and I. That's a great way to do it. Keep us rich. That's half right. that money goes to Radio Free Brooklyn. Keeps them poor. I just want you to think that uh-huh. if you go to Radio Free Brooklyn and you pledge 50 cents a month, mm-hmm. just imagine Noel and I having to split 25 cents between us. Yeah. That's imagine how, the fist fight that That's occurs. right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> just think about it. Uh, so if you don't want to do that, if Why wouldn't like, you, though? Well, because <laughs> you're like, you're if you, someone who works for UNESCO. <laughs> and they're like, you're trying to rob the world of its <laughs> treasures. It's true. Uh, instead, if you really want to prove a point, just don't 
shout it into the wind. Go to a web browser, type in RadioFreeBrooklyn.org, hit the pledge button uh-huh. and pledge a one-time or reoccurring amount. If you really want to show Josh, hit the reoccurring amount. Yeah, you show me. And uh, pledge an amount. All that money goes to Radio Free Brooklyn. None of that money comes to us. You get a tax break because Radio Free Brooklyn's a 501c3 charitable organization. I know. Just imagine mm-hmm. if you pledge a one-time donation of 50 cents. Yeah. Writing that off on your taxes. Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine that. that. It, it, make the dream come true, that's guys. That's right. And make it happen. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Our show is all about let's stop dreaming and start taking action. That's right. Starting now. Noel and I are the dreamers. Yeah. And you guys are the actors. Yeah. In this little play we call life. Oh. (laughs) Your golden life. Uh Uh-huh. You guys, Josh needs a golden shower, so help him out. And, and, And so we thank you for letting Josh live out his dream that way. And we don't just thank you with words. No. We thank you with deeds. Deeds. We have a show. We have a topic. This week it's Egyptology. And we've give you so many ways to get so many rich. We also to say thank you. Find another mini topic for you to get even more mini rich. So, Mr. Josh, please take it away. <laughs> The Get Rich Quick Tip of the Week, brought to you by Radio Free Brooklyn. I remember when I was going to college, I took this one particular class called Adult Education. I remember thinking to myself, this is what I need to do in order to succeed. And I went through the class, and in the end, I got an F. I thought to myself, an F? Wow, this is all I want to do. I thought I was on the right path. I thought that this was what I needed to do in order to go to where I needed to go. I decided that this was not the best course, no pun intended, and I wanted to go out and actually do it. I decided to write my book in 10 days and sell it to the world. Now, if I had never faced that adversity, I would never be in front of you today. I would never be able to reach millions of people, but because I faced that adversity, I was able to turn it into opportunity. I think we need to uh, reap. Sorry about that. I think we need to rebrand uh, Get Rich Quick with Josh and Old Tip of the Week to just Daniel Alley Corner. <laughs> <laughs> because that guy, I'm telling you, every week, I it's, I gold. could, he, between gold. his archives, I mean, he repeats himself constantly, yeah. but he manages to do variations uh-huh. on the same thing mm-hmm. that seem fresh and new and more <laughs> foolish every time I listen to him. It's incredible. Yeah. The other guys you listen to who sort of are like a little higher rent, Daniel Alley. Too polished. They're very polished, and their message is always on point. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, they, they really just hammer it home with the repetition of it all, right? But he manages to find new ways to not make it sound like a good idea, whatever it is that he's, <laughs> yeah. whatever it is he's saying. Daniel. He decided after failing a class to write a book in 10 days. Yeah. I mean, God bless him. Daniel, come on our show. He's He wrote like money fan fiction. His book must be like the Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. Of, Fifty Shades of Green. Of Green, right. Exactly. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Green on how on Get Rich Quick schemes. Yeah. 
fantastic. Come so on, our Daniel show. Alley. Come on our show. Yeah. Or record. Just record Daniel Alley's Corner for us. Just f- ones just for our yeah, show. Just for our show. Exclusive. Where you just tell a story from your life. That an inspiring story from your life. Dude, if you think you're getting listens on YouTube, imagine the power of Get Rich Quick with Josh right. and Noel you behind your drivel. Brooklyn under your thumb. Come on. I mean, Brooklyn is in the name of our radio station. Yeah. Just think of that yeah. market. You know what? You can't spell bank without BK. <laughs> it's true. It is true. You're absolutely right. Uh, anyway, Noel. Yeah. Egyptology. It you is. You can drag this out because my next one's kind of short. Okay. All right. So uh, we're going to have, uh, it would have been a little longer except we got a little overlap between my scheme and your old scheme. Uh-huh. Um, or your last scheme, I should say. My first scheme. Your, your first scheme. Your old scheme. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, but but not too, too much. Okay. I, I got some flowers for it, and then I go in different directions. Got some flowers for it. Yeah. What does I, that I, mean? Uh, I give more depth to your, to your oh, background. Oh, I see. I see. And I go in different directions. Okay. Uh, so, I don't know what that has to do with flowers, but all right. I flower it up. Oh, I see. Okay. I pretty it up. Yeah. You, you, you drag it I out. Guss it up. Gussy it up. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So you guys, I could have if <laughs> I could have done this show and just named it Mummies because I came a little fixated on Mummies. Mm-hmm. Uh and uh it turns out there used to be tons of mummies. So many so that for centuries Egypt treated them as a natural resource. And they uh some were sold to collectors, but the vast majority were sold for industrial purposes. Uh, Josh alluded, alluded to this, but I've got a little history on it. For a long time, there was a medicine called mummia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know if you know this, but originally this contained bitumen, mm-hmm. which was basically natural asphalt. Yes. And wherever they were making it ran short of this. And at the same time, the name was mistranslated, and it became suddenly the recipe was understood to contain powdered mummies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was pretty funny. Well, they believe because they there was the bitumen was used in the preservation of mummies as well because it's like a natural tar. But but it the thing I read actually goes into how this mistranslation mm-hmm. happened, and they basically had the same word that meant both things. Yes. Like Noel means Christmas, and it also means asshole. Wow. Boom! Wow. Uh, so that was in the 12th century. Mummy was still offered uh, in the 1924 priceless of Merck and Company. Mm-hmm. In 1924? 1924 still. I thought that was crazy. Yep. Uh, but it was basically a snake oil. What? It was. So you're just completely refuting my idea to get rich. No. Your idea's there. <laughs> I'm going a different direction because, in my opinion, Mummia was a bit of a snake oil. God damn you. Bounce. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Finish your idea. Now I'm just hurt. Oh, come on. You're refuting my idea. You're calling my idea snake oil. No, no, no. I'm giving an op- another option. That's fine. Whatever. So, you guys... Mummies were used for other things too. 
like. And you wanted to make skincare, not mummia. No, mummia it wasn't was, going to be mummia. Well, exactly. I'm saying mummia was a snake oil. <laughs> you could call it mummia. Yeah, but it wouldn't be the same thing as what Merc mummia used to be. No. Okay, so now we're on the same page. Mm. Uh, they were used for other things. In the 16th century, ground-up mummy remains began to be used in a color of paint called mummy brown. Yeah. Have you heard about this? I have. I thought it was great. Uh, It was one of the favorite colors of the pre-Raphaelites. It was massively used in fine (laughs) arts. Also sold well into the 20th century. Uh, And, uh, but we kind of depleted the stockpile of mummies yeah. you're, you're saying that you you've got places where th- there's most likely some more mm-hmm. coming mm-hmm. so that's great but we do have unesco to deal with now that's true uh, as i recall in 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 mummy brown they were using mummies from around the world they uh-huh. were using chinese mummies and peruvian mummies wherever oh. they could find okay wherever they could find anything that's been mummified okay they were like pulling it out of the ground and using it for the brown okay uh, and uh, uh, so I looked into how do you make a mummy, right? Well, this is what you do. You cut a hole near the nose. You pull out the brain with a hook. Mm-hmm. You cut a hole near the belly, pull out the organs. Mm-hmm. You wash out the cavity with wine and spices. Mm-hmm. Pack it in salt for 70 days. 40 days in. You fill it with some sort of stuffing or sand to give it more of a human shape. Uh, Then after that 70 days is up, you clean it off, you wrap it in bandages. We can do better than that today, right? We can suck stuff out with a vacuum. Yeah, right up the keister. Right up the keister. Right up anywhere. It doesn't matter. Uh, Wash it out with wine? Fine. Two buck chuck, you know? (laughs) Yeah, two buck chuck and some old bay. You can do it on the cheap, is what you're saying. I'm saying two buck chuck and old bay. Uh huh. That that's wine and, and spices. <laughs> yeah, if ever there was, you wine. can do a a, a mummy boil. <laughs> you can do a mummy <laughs> with boil. all that old bay seasoning. Yeah. Uh, and also, here's another little fun fact. Uh huh. Not all mummies were human. No, that's true. In Egypt, they would mummify. People, mm-hmm. as you said, anyone who could afford to be mummified yeah. for thousands of years was. Yeah. Uh, they also mummified their cats. Cats, alligators, crocodiles. Uh, all I, I read say. was was uh, cats, which in, they had lots of. Yep, they did. Well, they revered cats. Yes, and they had them in pets. <clears throat> yep. They, but they're in one tomb, in one, uh, especially animals that represented gods. Okay. They would mummify the animals, particularly for pharaohs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and kings, uh, they would like in one. I can't remember whose tomb. There was an eighteen-foot crocodile that That's had been pretty mummified. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, so uh, this mummia and this mummy brown and all these products that we've discussed weren't just being made out of human mummies. They also were being made out of mummified cats. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I I've touched on this before. But each year, 1.4 million cats are put down in the U.S. alone. And I've said it before, this 
is a vast, untapped resource <laughs> out there for you to make money. It's true. So this is what you're going to do. You're going to get the cats. Mm-hmm. You're going to mummify them. If you're going to listen to my scheme right here, you're going to make mummy brown paint, and you're going to sell it to fine art schools. Yeah. You're going to go on down to Soho, sell it on the streets. You don't have to make that much of it. I think the real money on it is uh-huh. going to be, I mean, I understand this is a great use of the thing, but the real money is bringing back mummy brown and only selling it at a very high price. Sure, but you, but also get it out there. What's that uh, stupid freaking store where they tried to say that women can't have uh, medical rights? That craft store. Oh, was it Michaels? Michaels, sell it at Michaels. Maybe it wasn't Michaels. I don't want to. I don't, don't want to know either. It was one. There, there was a couple one of, of the big ones. What's yeah. the other big one? I don't remember the name of it. You guys find out and let us know. And and whatever one it is, we're gonna give them some special. There's Chick Fil A paint. No, Chick Fil A just uh, said they didn't like gay marriage. No, okay. And honestly, that fight's over. Go get some Chick Fil A if you want. People are allowed to their opinions. They're not allowed to. Stop the rights of others. Hmm. That's what I think. Yeah. Uh, so you're gonna you're gonna get the cats. You're gonna mummify them. You're gonna make the paint. You're gonna sell it to Michaels. You're gonna sell it on the streets of Soho. You're gonna sell it at the Art Institute of Chicago. You're gonna sell it in all places of fine art mm-hmm. everywhere. Blick. Uh, Quentin Tarantino is gonna make a movie. Yeah. Called Mummy Brown. Yeah. And if you and if you don't want to make paint, if that's not your shtick, you make Josh's skincare cream. Cause I honestly don't think that Egypt is as chaotic as you do. I think it, it's if anything. Uh, th- there's a an iron fist that has kind of come down. There was a pe- period. I don't think it's chaotic. This is what I read. Okay, all right. Uh, this is not. Uh, this it, is not. Uh, it seems to me like the army has really put their foot down over there. You would think. Yeah. But it, it apparently is uh, like it's it kind of like open season again on 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 robbing the tombs. Okay, well, and maybe maybe that. But as far as the people go, it seems like there was a a brief potential for freedom, and then Iron Fist again. Yeah. Uh, anyway, guys, that's how that's how I'm suggesting you make mummy money make mummy. Mummy. <laughs> Good one, Noel. Yeah. You didn't even mean it. Didn't even mean it. Yeah. Luckily, I didn't leave much time for your next team. All right. Well, here it is. It's super simple. Um, <laughs> Pharaoh Pepe the second. Okay. I don't know how it's pronounced. It's P E P I. Pepe, right? Yeah. That just, it seems like a weird name Does for he look a pharaoh. Like a green frog. He did, he did look <laughs> King King Pharaoh the frog. Pepe the frog the second. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Had the longest reign in history. Okay. Ninety four years. He lived to a hundred years old. He he ascended to the throne when he was only six. Mm-hmm. Lived to a hundred. He was not a. Uh, uh, other than that, he was not a uh, 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 pharaoh of great note. Mm-hmm. He uh, he uh, ruled at a time when the pharaohship was in decline. Uh, things were changing, and uh, 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 was not particularly effective as a leader. But he lived a really long time, particularly for that time period. A yeah. hundred years is super long. That's like four lives. And uh, one of the reasons that they believe or his followers or he believed was because he did not allow bugs next to him really and what he did to draw away most of the uh bugs which you would imagine would be ubiquitous in in a place like ancient egypt like flies and such was he would have humans slaves naked smeared with honey 
walking ahead of him and behind him <laughs> at all times, which would attract all of the bugs uh-huh. uh, 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 to them, yeah. and they would leave him alone. And I thought, well, come on now. This is we we've all been to lawn parties, mm-hmm. uh, outdoor weddings, and they have their fucking tiki torches with their citronella oil, and it doesn't do shit. Yeah, you get attacked by bugs constantly. You are going to hire out people to smear themselves with honey uh-huh. and stand outside, surrounding the area where the party and the and the fun is happening and attract all of the bugs and the flies away from the party. And you're going to charge a lot of money for this and people are going to pay because they're going to be ecstatic. Yeah. I mean, just think about, I want you to think about this. Back in, I can't remember which, which, which uh, 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 year it was, but the Yankees were playing Cleveland Indians. Uh-huh. They were at, the, at Jacobs Field, the Jake, uh, pitcher was on the mound, and midge flies descended on the stadium and were so bad that the pitcher for the Yankees was getting them in his eye. They didn't call the game. They didn't halt the game. They made him pitch through it, threw him off the Yankees, lost the game. Mm-hmm. Imagine if that stadium had been surrounded by naked people slathered in honey and the midge flies were just attacking them. It would have been a whole different ball game, yeah. literally. yeah. Uh, this is just a huge idea, and you can make a small fortune on it. Yeah, especially it. if you're a gambler, it sounds like, yeah? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it's fantastic. If you want to reach out to Josh and uh, tell him get well soon, if uh. you want to uh, give him some tips for putting that honey in some hot water with some whiskey and lemon, maybe, a hot toddy, you can get him on Twitter at GRQ Josh Noel. You can email him your condolences uh, <laughs> at GRQ with Josh and Noel at gmail.com. That's right, you guys, and he's got a good point. You can give him some last wishes uh, on Facebook at Facebook slash GRQ Josh Noel. If you want to hear what he sounded like when he was here with us on the Earthly Planet, you can uh, tune in Saturday nights 8 o'clock on Radio Free Brooklyn. Uh, get the schemes five days before anyone else. Get there early, listen to Art Star Scene, and uh, afterwards it's all nice and nice. If... Uh, if you want to listen on podcast form, that that's, that will be here long after Josh is gone, and you can <laughs> write a review. That's right. Yeah, so no. Tell your friends, yeah. We don't have a lot of time left. We don't. So we don't have time for rules, but we know we're getting rich with these. We do. I mean, antiquities, Egyptology. Uh, How could you not get rich off something yeah. that's so full of gold? Everyone else has. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, once again for Josh. And Noel, don't spend all that knowledge in one place. <laughs> Land on the line, learn the game again. Everybody's gonna lose, and I'm gonna win. Gonna get rich quick. This is my lucky day. So stick around, baby, and everything will be okay. Well, I had a buck when I went to the track, had 20 grand when I. Came back, gonna get rich quick.